Welcome to the HR Room Podcast, the podcast series from Insight HR, where we talk to business leaders from around Ireland and share their advice on how to create the HR systems and workplace culture that's right for your business. For show notes and bonus content, simply visit www.insighthr.ie forward slash podcast. And remember, if you need any HR support, get in touch with us at Insight HR. Whether it's conducting a complex workplace investigation, filling a gap by providing you with a virtual or on-site HR resource, or providing advice via our HR support line, we'll help you resolve whatever human resources challenge your business is facing. Okay, let's get started. Hello and welcome to another episode of the HR Room podcast. Our new approach is people-focused rather than system-focused, where performance ratings are a thing of the past. This is a quote from Novartis, a global healthcare company with significant operations here in Ireland, who have reimagined sorry, their decades-old approach to performance management. The company is successfully fueling a scientific and entrepreneurial spirit across the company through an inspired, curious, and unbossed culture. And to talk to us more about this today, we're delighted to be joined by Alex Hogarty, global performance lead, or sorry, global program lead of performance management at Novartis. Thanks for joining us, Alex. How are you? Great to be with you. Brilliant stuff. And as always, we're joined by our very own Mary Cullen, founder and managing director here at Inside HR. How are you, Mary? I'm great. Thanks, Owen. And Alex, I'm really excited to hear about what you've been doing in Novartis. 100%. So let's jump right in. So I suppose, Alex, that, that quote there, our new approach is people-focused rather than system-focused, where performance ratings are a thing of the past. Real interesting. And look, it, it kind of jumped to my attention straight away. Can you talk to us a little bit about the performance management system and process in Novartis? I mean, what are some of the key details, foundations, that kind of stuff. Yeah, look, great to be with you and also to share our, our story at Novartis over the last couple of years or more. Probably to start off, we, uh, you know, changed our approach to performance management at Novartis. We launched this in early uh, 2021, so we're now in year three. And as part of this, I think if we all think back to when I was a manager or also as, a, as an associate there, we used to have a very traditional approach that is still out there with many organizations. So we think about the very start of the year, you set your objectives, you put them in the system. And then of course, as you move throughout the year, you've got kind of a more formal mid-year review probably around June, July time. And then you've got a lot of activity of this end of year performance review in kind of Q4 kind of time. And again, all the if you think about the anxiety and the apprehension around that, first of all, you've got to write a big essay on yourself. Your manager's got to do, do this as well. There's a lot of activity around seeking feedback from others to inform. And, and then you're, you have that moment with your manager where your manager has to give you a performance rating. And then you have that chat where they hand over the performance rating. And a lot of times, it doesn't align maybe to your own um, impression of your performance throughout the year. But also it's a very, if you think about it, a very heavy process at the end of the year. Um, so what we did at Novartis, and we'll bring it through the core elements, I don't think any of them are probably going to be totally new to people, but it was really part of how we reimagined and it's part of our culture journey at Novartis that we can delve into. Four key elements. First one is around objectives. No surprises there, which are for us and from all our external research, the most important piece that drives performance. So what we did with objectives is twofold. One was we really ensured that teams created objectives as well that were linked to the, the company purpose and the company strategy for that year as well. Previously, objectives were very much individual focused. So really the team making sure they were clear in their purpose. And then also for individuals, we, we really asked them to think about what is their 
big, bold objective. What would impact would they like to achieve in two or three years' time? So really thinking for them to aspire against the purpose, but then to then the other type of objectives are near term. So what is the, are they going to focus on in the next two to three months? And how can we move from a, a process where objectives are set in stone in January to one that's agile and that moves throughout the year where you continuously update them based upon changing needs and what you're learning throughout the year. So that's kind of a quite a, a change in our approach from an annual cycle, let's say, to one that's a continuous rhythm. The second piece, which is probably no surprise either, is ongoing check-ins and feedback. So no longer waiting for that moment of mid-year, end-year review where you have a proper sit-down with your manager. How do you bring this into your everyday one-to-ones that you have with your manager? Um, And much of this would have happened, the experience of associates would have had connections with their managers, but how can we ensure that experience for all? So our guidance is that managers have at least a check-in once a month with each associate on their team. And they use that as the opportunity both to celebrate the impact that the associate is creating throughout the year. So it's not just waiting to mid-year or end of year, but also with the associate to really kind of, you know, learn what have been their learnings and feedback. And then how is this helping to inform where they're focusing on next? So it's a continuous conversation and dialogue and feedback. Third one is around recognition. So we we introduced a, a global recognition platform so that any associate can can share recognition through an e-card or also points that you can um, buy other other um, experiences, etc. with. So this associates are more spontaneously recognizing each other throughout the year. And then rewards are still there. So that's the fourth element. Uh, but what we've done and transformed in terms of rewards is that the majority of associates will receive 100% of the short-term incentive bonus based on the strong performance. So that bell curve that we have you know, with performance ratings. But we're no longer asking managers to kind of, based upon in our previous system where they were kind of making these decisions on really small increments, to just say, look, you will be rewarded 100%. But we've really kept the budget in terms of our short-term incentive. And we've really asked managers, and we've created an exceptional impact award. We're still a sizable number of associates can receive this, where managers will nominate and reward based upon their budget, those associates who have truly gone above and beyond in creating exceptional impact. And this comes back to a lot of the external research of you know, really making sure you differentiate performance and those high performers um, and having that reward there so they really feel that they are being recognized and rewarded above and beyond. So we've moved from a traditional kind of set in stone process to a dynamic always on process. And one that is, if you think about it, was previously a lot more from an associate's perspective, thinking about their rating in the end of year and also probably their bonus and monetary rewards, etc. How can we bring this into something that is really there for them so that they are aware of the impact they're creating throughout the year, receiving feedback to grow and develop, but are also looking at those opportunities where they can collaborate and gain that recognition from others they're working with throughout the year. And ultimately connecting, and I guess we're trying to take the apprehension, the stress, the surprise of that end of year process and bring it into real time for them. Brilliant stuff. And it's great to get that summary, Alex. It sounds like a really well-rounded, well-thought-out approach so we're delighted to hear more about it i think one of the words that always jumps out to me when we talk about performance management and changes in systems processes alex is impact i suppose in your own organization have you struggled to define impact i'd imagine not judging by what you've said so far but can you talk to us a little bit about that impact piece yeah this was this was a really important piece uh of the change as well because 
a lot of our objectives or even assessments that were made were really around maybe activity metrics. So you've created X projects or you've had X meetings or training events, et cetera. And that was kind of maybe the common piece. What we really needed to, to center us on is what is the impact and the outcome for others, whether that's for another team in the organization, maybe it's ultimately for our patients and society. So really getting people to think about when they're creating their big, bold and near-term objectives, what, are, what would be that out, output? What would be the impact there? And how will they measure that? That might be through sentiment. It may be through um, sales figures. It may be other, other areas. And that when you look at your near-term objectives, they're really your how are you going to move on that journey towards your big, bold objective? And that might be a combination of activity metrics, but also you want an outcome of those as well. So you're not just ticking a box to say we've done X project. You're actually asking that team, what was the feedback for that? What went well? What could we have done better? Um, so you really understand that and you're feeding that in then to your next step as you head towards your big, bold objective. Definitely, 100%. So, so just a, what are the... One of the other things on that as well is previously when we we looked at impact, we really focused on kind of activity metrics coming out of objectives. We obviously had around your values and behaviors. We brought in a third component, which is how do you contribute to the success of others? So how are you focusing not just on your individual performance, but really powering the team's performance or powering other individuals? And that could be through mentoring and development, or it could be through more collaborative programs or projects across teams as well. So, so really trying to move from just a, an individual piece really into that kind of team um, and network perspective. Perfect. Um, yeah, great to get those into that. And again, I, I did want to ask that impact question because I do think it's one that will jump out to people as well. So it's great to get that clarity on it. Um, fantastic to hear about it. Mary, I suppose, as Alex said there, this is obviously a new, well-thought-out, well-researched approach to performance management. And I say new quite loosely. It's a bit of a leading, leading, I suppose, word I'm using there for you, Mary. Is this approach to performance management the new kind of normal? Even though I hate using that phrase and we're all getting shivers when I say new normal there. Or is it still kind of the exception? And I suppose either way, why do you think that is? What, whether it's the new, whether it's still a bit of a struggle for people? Can you set the scene for us a little bit there about the, the approach? I, I think it, it depends on the organization. And so the, the kind of um, system of performance management that Alex is talking about is gaining um, traction. You're seeing more organizations adopt it. But, you know, I guess probably some of the reasons why it's not universal across the board is because, you know, as a global company, and I'm sure Alex um, can attest to this, you can't just throw away a system uh, and introduce something overnight. It's it's something that's going to take time and a lot of planning, a lot of discussion, a lot of uh, understanding of the organization's needs. So, I still see the traditional systems in place that, you know, um, setting the objectives at the start of the year, as Alex described, those um, half year or quarterly meetings followed by the Big Bang meeting at the end of the year where things like salary increases and bonuses and all of that are are supposedly discussed and agreed upon and someone gets a rating. Um, and you'll see those systems still operating right throughout Ireland and globally. So um, 
I guess it's really about, you know, what works for each organization. I do know from the traditional systems, which, you know, when I worked in-house myself, there were, there were traditional systems in place and, you know, managers hated them and they were difficult for employees. And there was a huge amount of anxiety coming up to um, these performance review meetings that people were having. Um, and it makes a lot more sense that there's ongoing and continuous feedback because, you know, in our podcast that we recently did with uh, Devin Toner, I don't know if you got a chance to listen to it, Alex, you know, he was talking about, you know, those 1% improvements that they were constantly looking to achieve uh, in in rugby. And uh, the idea being, you know, if we waited till um, the quarter to look back on the Irish team's performance or their Leinster squad's performance, well, we would have missed a trick, wouldn't we? Because we wouldn't have changed in time. We wouldn't have worked together as a team. We wouldn't have uh, made those kind of improvements and we weren't agile enough. And I think that's very true in business as well because things change at a business level um, and, you know, at a really broad level and, and at a local level, things change. And in order to, you know, make an impact at an organization wide level you have to have your people moving and agile and changing as they go as well um and it makes more sense i know certainly since we dropped all the big laborious process here uh, which we did a couple of years ago as well it, it's just made such a difference to the conversations that we're having with people um, people aren't as nervous either in those discussions. And I don't know what it is about the apprehension that goes with it. I guess if it's linked to your pay and your opportunities and all of that, people can really fear it. And if you don't know what your manager is thinking um, and your manager doesn't know what you're thinking, um, you can have real problems um, uh, which affect attrition, affect your uh, morale and all of those things so it has a huge impact if you get it right 100%. and that impact piece of the system and process itself is is huge and i think just on that uh, i suppose kind of point alex bringing it back to the why i suppose so why did Novartis kind of move towards its approach obviously there's some key benefits that you and mary have both alluded to there but what was the kind of overarching goal was it if it ain't i suppose was the old system kind of broken was there things you wanted to do, things you wanted to fix. I'll leave it open yeah. for yourself. What was the goal? Like? Look, there was two two key things part of this here. We had a new CEO who came in in 2018 um, and he was very much focused on our new culture aspiration at the time, which was inspired, curious and embossed. And we can talk a bit around that. And part of that there was how do we align our systems and our symbols and our behaviors around that as well. So that really was moving from a very traditional command and control style of organization, let's say. And that's, you, I would say, from a traditional model has many of those elements to really be something that is truly inspiring for associates. One, they're continuously learning, but also in terms of on boss, one that they're very empowered as an associate and a team around their impact and how they remove obstacles and having that autonomy. Um, and part of that is also linked, if you think, to intrinsic motivation is really at the heart of this. So we no, no longer really want to hire people who are just coming for material benefits of pay, flexible working, et cetera. We want them to get up 
in the morning and be inspired that what they're doing every day connects to their purpose and that of the organization. We want them to continuously grow and learn as well. So again, part of that always on coaching and feedback and connection. And also one where they're embossed, which is the way within their team, they feel fully accountable and their manager empowers them and the team to really unlock their potential through empowerment rather than direction and control. And one where the manager is there as a servant leader to remove obstacles for that team and those associates to do and be their best as well. So when you think about our performance management approach, it's very much aligned to that. The other critical thing that really helped us um, was there was a global crowdsourcing um, event that happened in 2018 saying to our associates, what would you like to change in the organization? And one of the top ideas that came out was killing performance ratings. So that was one of the top most voted. So what was brilliant about this one is the change started with the voice of our associates, but aligned very much as part of our culture journey. And then I think, as Mary, you've talked about there's different systems out there and we've seen other organizations. When we look there, we didn't want to just make a technical change the next year and say we've got rid of ratings because what we've seen out there already is other organizations either bring them back or they have shadow ratings or it hasn't gone as well. What Novartis did differently as part of this is we took an experimental approach for two years in 2019 and 2020. And out of all our associates, over 100,000 globally, 16,000 of them completed two experiments of two different ways of going about our new model. Um, and that really helped then, again, involve our associates, but really ensured that what we were going live with and what we launched with Evolve, which is the name of our new approach, was very much data-driven in, in, in our findings of those. And without getting into a huge amount of detail, we can, of course, is the two approaches, they, they all centered on the same areas around objectives that we talked about, around continuous uh, check-ins and feedback, around recognition. The difference was in the rewards models. One of them was where those associates all received the same short-term incentive bonus at the end of the year. And what we did with the additional budget is we put it into ongoing recognition opportunities throughout the year. And then the other uh, experiment was where, again, moving from ratings, but then everyone would receive 100% for their strong impact. And again, exclude uh, low performers that has its own process, as you've talked about previously. But then there was still an individual factor, which is where that exceptional impact award could still be awarded for those high performers uh, within there. And what we saw from the data over two years, because we had a pre and post survey, et cetera, uh, what we saw from that is both of the approaches were much more superior than the traditional approach um, that we saw in terms of meaningful objectives, more coaching and feedback, and more fairness and equity in terms of the reward element. Uh, we had very low percentage wanted to go back. But what we saw from here is we had stronger results from that cohort uh, that had both the combination of the collective 100%, but also the exceptional impact award, which is that individual piece. And this brings us back to that kind of intrinsic motivation, which is around purpose, that people have a clear purpose. They have autonomy in terms of uh, the work they do and how they shape that as a team. And also they're, they're, they're receiving the capabilities and the mastery to do their job, that growth and development piece. So we saw that quite clearly through our data and that really helped our why when we launched because this originally came from our associates, but also through the experimental approach that then got approved and signed off.
represent. And I suppose my next question, Alice, is going to be how were the results, but you've kind of alluded to them there. And I suppose it's great to get that kind of internal validation from the staff, seeing those results. And also, as I said, Alex, I mean, you were getting results from the start with your testing kind of approach. Mm-hmm. So it is important to continuously get results as you go through this journey as well, isn't it? Yeah, and look, that we we kept going on that one as well. So we have our like we, I'm sure most organisations have regular employee surveys that go out there as well. We we've been monitoring this very closely since we went live. We continue to really look both at the sentiment of our associates, but also their behaviours. So on those key elements that we've talked about, on are they actually having monthly check-ins with their manager, and are they more meaningful? Are they talking about well-being and growth and development? Are they as a team? regularly checking in together and then reviewing and celebrating and updating their objectives as they need to throughout the year. So what we've seen in this is very much a traditional change curve. We had a lot of hype and excitement when we went launched. Then as you get into the implementation, obviously there's a lot more challenges as people are understanding and starting those new behaviors. But as we're getting into year three, we can see very clearly that these are beginning to embed and we can see that on our data and the change curve. And I think the ultimate piece maybe on, we always get asked this question is, are you actually seeing results in performance? So I think one of our key things is we're seeing early signs in terms of company performance. Um, We can't put all that down to the new approach to performance management, but these are behaviors that will lead to it. But I think where there's a lot of external research is that link between employee engagement and culture and then organizational performance. And we can really clearly see the launch of our new approach performance, also seeing an improvement in terms of employee engagement in those key areas around purpose collaboration, accountability, growth and development, et cetera. And I think that's where we will continue an approach and we're not done yet because of behavioral change. We'll talk more about that, but it is giving us good signs around that change curve that we're on the right track right now. 100% and it's so important and so motivating for, especially someone in in a a role like yourself, Alex, to see that kind of change happening. Um, I suppose, Mary, kind of just some general thoughts on this because there's a lot to to take in because it's such a well-rounded program. I mean, Mary, I suppose, can we talk about the importance of things like goals, listening to employees, tracking results, aligning to business strategy? There's a lot of key components here, Mary, that I suppose anyone can be kind of tuning into a little bit when they're building their own thing, isn't it, Mary? Absolutely. And I mean, I guess, obviously, Alex, you're you're talking about a, a large scale transformation in Novartis and, and uh, you're on a, a three year journey and, and not finished yet. Um, and it's really, really interesting to hear the detail and how you've gone about it. I love the, the fact that you piloted it uh, in terms of rankings because I think that's that's a really smart way for the organization to have um, gone around testing what will work for it or, and, and the impact. Um, so irrespective of size, whether you're an SME or whether you're a, a large global organization, in some ways maybe an SME can change quicker um, and can do things um, more easily than a large uh, organization. But I think it's very much going back to, you know, why will we do this in the first place? You know, and you had that compelling reason, Alex, you spoke to your associates, they voted or asked to get rid of rankings and it started a, 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 a transformation of the organization. And that's very true 
in many things um, when it comes to the people agenda because the people themselves will will share with you what they think of the, the systems and the processes. What you hate to see is that the system is actually getting in the way of the performance. Um, and, you know, from years of hearing feedback from both managers and employees about performance management systems, they seem to be doing the exact opposite almost at times to to the intention. Um, and I know we talked on one of our podcasts about the origins of um, performance management and uh, coming from the First and Second World War in terms of uh, the military. And the military do, you know, I, I suppose, have that command and control approach always. They have to. Uh, and that system has, you know, I suppose developed over time, over many, many years, uh, and in some ways we're, we're still getting in the way of ourselves in terms of that performance. So I think it is time for change um, across the you know, world of work because the pandemic has fundamentally changed people's attitudes, uh, their approach, um, the belief that there there should be more equality and a more democratized um, organization and a difference in the way in which people expect to be treated in the workplace. Um, and I think the Novartis uh, type approach to performance management is doing exactly that. Um, and it's treating people as adults. Um, that have goals, ambitions, um, dreams, and that the the company and the individual and the team can work together to achieve them. Um, and I think that will gain traction over time. Really curious, Alex, about um, the systems you use to actually. Um, I suppose, record conversations to record, you know, can you talk to us a bit about that? Because I think always people yeah. um, are curious about, well, how do you capture? How do you capture the data then? What are, what are you doing? How are you doing it? Yeah, so so we had a human capital management system there already to document your objectives. We made some additions so that we removed the, as I would say, the big long essay or forms that you had to fill out for the end of year review and really added something for check-ins where you could just provide a short summary there from an associate or a manager perspective, but also allowed in terms of check-ins that you could also have a check-in with another associate. It didn't have to be your direct manager as well as part of that. And in that, we also created templates. So if you're having a discussion, let's say, around your objectives, we had some prompting questions that would help improve the conversation to help probably the capability of the manager particularly. So it's more of a coaching style conversation or if it was one around your growth and development or one around well-being, or it might have just been a pulse check-in where the first question we ask is, how are you feeling this week? Um, so we've, we've seen there that they have been very helpful. Um, I think the piece that we will continue to, and we hear this in feedback, and it's one of the challenges, is we're actually moving to a different system now. Next year, we're launching a new, well-known uh, human capital management system that we know will ease the documentation, the creation of objectives, et cetera. So when we're thinking about that behavioral change, the one area we didn't change was a system. We just adapted it. 
And I think that actually helped because we didn't need to get over that that struggle. We could focus on the purpose overall and the, the people element. But I would just uh, watch out for people is don't underestimate the system as well because you want to, with behavioral change, be really clear on what the change is, but make it as easy as possible. And part of that is going to be your system that will help enable it mm-hmm. as well. So, Yeah, it's 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 always I think the the challenge always and maybe AI um will help in managers in that regard because uh, managers and and the individuals I think from an individual perspective if I'm going to um go and, and meet my manager to talk about my performance and I don't have a manager anymore it's it's me <laughs> so it's the team that I need to talk to about my performance but you know if I'm going to go and speak to my manager and and I'm really invested in taking the time and and spending time putting together the essay as many people are still doing today um, and you know all the achievements over the course of the last quarter six months or a year um, and documenting them sending them into the manager and depending on the size of that manager's team uh, you know if, if we bring it down to five let's say um, they might have five essays to read in advance of their week's meetings um, and then they've got to write their own five essays in response and you you know the, the level of time it takes uh, is phenomenal and it, it's the common cry that I have heard from managers and um, employees who go through these meetings that you know the manager didn't even read the the information that I put forward. The manager's only talking about something that happened recently that I did wrong as opposed to something that, uh, you know, my overall performance over the year. Um, And those systems can be terribly, terribly frustrating for people. So I think, you know, when it comes to the check-ins, and uh, you know the capturing of the information we do have to be very careful about well what's the burden what's the burden for the manager what's the burden for the employee and mary i think you're so right there like for for us this is all around how do we create greater meaning rather than check the box before one of the piece from external research and we also see this internally is don't completely remove your system or process either it is still really important but i think it's there's some things you can stop doing as part of that. Yeah. And what we see from as part of the implementation, the challenges is we needed it to feel and seem different, which it is, but we also needed to make sure that there was some uh, clear process that managers and associates knew what to do throughout the year. Um, so just the, the watch out is nearly simplify your process, but don't forget about it altogether. Um, and that may be around how your systems are enabling that as well. So it might not, you don't have the essay anymore, but you have somewhere that's easy, whether it's a plug into MS Teams or it's another piece where you can record part of your story throughout the year. Or just somewhere simply you can have your objectives because we know that writing down your objectives makes them more real, just like if you're journaling, et cetera. Yeah, that's part of that. Yeah. 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 I think yeah. I'm not the implementation. Yeah. 
but I think it is really fascinating. Um, and and these things will develop over time as well, because AI obviously is going to reduce that burden and, and will be able to summarize um, conversations depending on the systems that you use and, and all of that. So I think it's quite exciting to see um, what will happen in that space when it comes to performance management, because I think there's loads of scope there for prompting during discussions, for recording discussions um, and removing that strain. Because fundamentally, and, and it's always about the conversation. It is always about the conversation. So your system is one thing, but the conversation is fundamental. And the, the difference about feeling inspired and deflated uh, following a conversation is dependent on the person that you're actually speaking to and what they're conveying to you. Um, and that's that piece can't be forgotten, I think, when it comes to that. I was listening to um, the CEO of Zoom talk about, um, you know, the, the Zoom approach to performance management. And it was interesting because he talked probably mainly and largely about the conversations, which he calls um, success or bonus discussions, um, you know, and, and having defined it in that way when he was speaking to his team. The idea being, again, the check-ins, um, what's, what, what's getting in the way of your performance? What obstacles can I remove? What resources don't you have? What resources aren't you going to get? Um, because sometimes it's not as simple as, yeah, hey, we have an, a, a new approach, but actually we know we don't have enough resources there. You are going to be overworked and this is a challenge for you. So I, I, I thought it was a really nice way of looking at um, the conversation. What is that conversation actually about? It's about inspiring and performance. It's about in, um, removing those pain points for people. Uh, it's about making sure your goals and objectives are aligned with with the employees. And so much of this is about how you do it, really, isn't it? And I suppose when it comes to that implementation piece, then Alex, I suppose were there challenges along the way because obviously it's it's fantastic system you're seeing positive results but there's a bit of work that goes with this isn't there so when it comes to that implementation piece how important was it to do that testing at the start get that buy-in throughout I, I, I suppose it probably would have made the the change the behavioral change a little bit easier when you do those things along the way right yeah i, I like that was it, having the a really compelling why you're doing it really helped so that would helped us there to kind of probably watch out some ones that are probably not surprising or experiences we had one is obviously going to be around manager capability and i know this is not just around performance because the role of the manager is moving from a traditional maybe more command and control to one where you're a performance coach you're that coach on the pitch all the time and that capability in terms of your coaching capabilities on that. We've partnered with our learning organization and had a new coach to grow, we called, which was which we brought all our managers through um, and is still available. And we also focused on the other capability is around feedback, requesting, seeking and receiving feedback that all associates had the opportunity to. So that's another learning capability piece. We're not finished on that journey. That's only beginning, but just not forgetting that uh, as we go. 
The other piece is we're great and I'm, I'm a big uh, fan of change management. That's been my core area around transformations is we're really good and we did a great job on communications, but it's really the engagements there in different forums, whether it's with managers seeking questions, sharing experiences, which would really empower the change, whether that be with senior leaders or with we had a global activator community of over 3,000 associates who were part of this change to support their teams during this. So I think that's one watch out there. The final one, and, and probably specifically for this audience of HR professionals, is the role of HR will change in what I've talked about in our approach as well. So HR was heavily involved at the end of year process. They, they got the provisional ratings from the managers. They did all the calibrations. They did all their curves. They looked at budgets, et cetera. And actually, in our new approach, HR are much more of a coach to the manager and the business who own this process. So that also, there was a lot of anxiety around, what should I be doing at the end of the year now from a HR perspective? And that was a journey that we had to really focus on in terms of engagement with them as well. Um, a lot more settled now in second and third year, but it's also that role of, of HR becoming more of a coach and a partner to the, the business rather than owning and a guess maybe managers somewhat hiding behind, I had to give you this rating because I couldn't, I was told by someone else. Now managers need to take that accountability uh, as part of the new approach. And then obviously that forms part of their overall um, growth and development with that associate throughout the year. Perfect. I suppose it's a perfect segue into my final question. It's always one we kind of wrap up on and I'll come to both of you for this one, but I'll come to yourself first, Alex. I suppose we've alluded to a lot of the, the why, the how, the what, and how to do it and that kind of stuff. I suppose any parting advice for, for people who do want to say, I'm sure we have listeners saying, right, it's time to change our system. But how do we get started? How do we do it? What are some of the, the key things? So I suppose any kind of parting advice from yourself, Alex, in brief on, I suppose, the, how to get started, how to take those first steps? So two key things in summary. Um, one is don't treat this as technical change or system change. Treat it as behavioral change. Um, and we like to kind of go at the end of the year, we've done it. That is not the approach. This is a multi-year piece as well. So behavioral change will take time. The second one is really around um, take an agile and experimental approach. Um, that really helped us. Um, and it would also help you in terms of that compelling why and seeing what works for your organization based upon your culture and your associates, et cetera. I know Mary touched on this as well. We in Novartis have kind of four different types of associates, you could say. We've got our knowledge workers, our office workers. We have a large manufacturing. We have a sales force that are out in the fields. And we also have a lot in the lab, our research and development as well. So we experimented across all our populations as well and, and saw those benefits. So really help that in building your coalition, but also your final uh, approach would help fine tune because you can't take necessarily anything off the shelf out there. There is a way and there is a, a movement, as, as Mary mentioned, around to this approach, but you've got to make it fit your organization and your culture and your your meet your people where they're at. Absolutely. And that goes so much of what we say on this podcast as well, Mary, with, with this and many other things. I suppose any final parting words of wisdom from yourself, Mary, similar to, to what we said with Alex there? I think, you know, one of the main reasons that we, um, you know, both have have been doing the HR Room podcasts and webinar series is, you know, driven largely by my own frustration uh, over many years of where do I find out how to do these things? I hear something is going on over here, but if I'm not connected or don't have a friend, 
in that particular business, I, I don't understand the how to go about it. Um, and I, I always think that, um, you know, sharing this kind of information in, a, in an easy to understand way is so important for people to learn how to go about something like this. For me, I think always the starting point, and I say it over and over again on this podcast, is listening to your people, however you go about listening to your people. Um, obviously, the larger the organization, the bigger the HR function, the bigger the budget, um, you know, the better your systems typically are. Um, but you can always speak to your people through engagement surveys, through one-to-one uh, -one discussions, gaining feedback from your managers, gaining feedback from individuals themselves. So understand, is the, is the performance management system that you have in place at the current time positive, motivational, bringing you the kind of performance that the organization is looking for you to achieve. If it's not, if it's resented by the employees and it's resented by managers, why is it in place? And what do you need to do to either tweak um, or change it? So what Alex has been talking about is this huge transformational global change in the business. And that's, you know, a very big undertaking um, would have taken a lot of time, resources, experimentation. You'll have done things brilliantly. You'll have you'll ditch other parts of it. That's that's just the way it is with the transformation. And it's important to, to understand that. Like you say, if you have a paper-based system and you introduce it tomorrow and say, right, everyone, this is what we're doing. Off you go. I'll give you a training session. On your, on your way, have great discussions. Well done. Um, you know, some people have marvelous discussions with people and others are going to absolutely uh, demotivate and upset and cause someone to leave the organization. So it, it doesn't really matter the what, the how, you know, it still focuses on the individual discussions and the learning and the support um, the systems that you put in place to support managers and the employees to have those open, transparent discussions that are going to move them forward and ultimately lead to organizational performance. And like with so many things, it's not what you do, it's, it's how you do it. So look, it's great to get those insights, I suppose, from Mary and Alex. So thank you both for a very insightful discussion. Um, really enjoyable and I hope a lot of people enjoy that. I'm sure they have and, and they've been taking notes non-stop for the last last half an hour whatever it has been uh, thank you everyone for listening we'll catch you next week for the next installment of our podcast so don't forget to click subscribe and join the discussion on our social media channels and as always for hr consultancy services and management you can trust get in touch with us today at insidehr.ie thank you alex and thank you mary thank you owen and thank you mary thank you thanks for joining us today on the hr room podcast the podcast series from Insight HR that helps you create the human resources systems and workplace culture that's right for your business. For show notes and bonus content, go to www.insighthr.ie forward slash podcast. That's www.insighthr.ie forward slash podcast. We'd love it if you subscribe, like and share the show with any friends and colleagues who are looking for fresh ideas on how to create the ideal workplace for their business. And remember... If you need any HR support, get in touch with us at Insight HR.
Whether it's conducting a complex workplace investigation, filling a gap by providing you with a virtual or an on-site HR resource, or providing advice via our HR support line, we'll help you resolve whatever human resources challenge your business is facing. Thanks, and see you soon.